Hello and welcome to Max Volume Meetups. I'm your host, Jessica Jacks, and this episode is a little unlike our normal episodes. You'll be listening to a pre-recorded live stream event featuring Ace Buchanan, a synthwave artist that I've personally admired who was cool enough to accept my invitation to be my guest on CyberDrive Radio, my passion project, and guilty pleasure. Please tune in and hear the ins and outs behind who the real Ace Buchanan is, the creation behind his mad guitar and music production skills, and the overall struggles and values learned throughout his musical journey. Sit back as we take a drive through Synth City and absorb the music together. And welcome to Cyber Drive Radio. I am here live with Ace Buchanan. How are you doing, Ace? Uh, pretty good. Pretty awesome. Good. Awesome. Um, so are you ready? Because I know we've been planning this for a minute. Um, how are you feeling? Well, I hope people just find their way in this. <laughs> <laughs> All they need is to go to the uh, go to the page, so they should be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I um, also posted in the event group, like, hey, make sure you're at the page, and I, like, tag the page and stuff, so should be good. Cool. I did, I did my best. We'll see if they do theirs. <laughs> All right. So um, starting off, tell the world who you are and what you do. Yeah, uh, I'm a Finnish uh, synthwave producer with the project name Ace Buchanan. And I've had this project for like four, four years and a, yeah, I think four years. And uh, I just started this thing from basically nothing. Like I don't have a label or <laughs> I'm just a guy who decided to try the genre, like most of us have done. And I just sent one track to New Retro Wave YouTube channel, and it kind of started from there i realized that someone actually likes this <laughs> stuff <laughs> like someone actually likes my music and it's like yeah. a new retro wave is such a you know iconic label uh for the industry and for like the genre yeah especially back in 2016 yeah uh, it was just like there were no comp- competition at all yeah, free for all. Yeah. Yeah. And um, when did you realize that you wanted to become a music artist? Well, I've done all kinds of projects like forever <laughs> and played piano and guitar and in some bands and stuff. But this is the first like serious serious project when I first heard uh, synthwave music I knew that it's the perfect genre for me and I, I will try to try to make it myself and it has become a lot bigger than, than I thought actually amazing and when you first started what was the reaction from people who were listening to it at first versus now well, well, at first, it, it was only the that one YouTube video. <laughs> like, I, I didn't have any social or anything, really. Mm-hmm. I had that one track, Mano a Mano. It's my first uh, Ace Buchanan track. And I just went by the comments. Like I was surprised that they picked the track. And then I went to see the comments, kind of terrified. <laughs> because 
maybe that's one reason people avoid uploading like their serious music you know small fun things that are kind of not too serious because then the feedback won't, won't hurt you so much for sure but when you make it seriously like the best possible music you can put out there then the feedback is kind of it's real <laughs> yeah real so fast I, I was, yeah yeah so i was scrolling down the comments and they were like maybe 90 95% were positive, even though the mix was complete crap. I, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I can play the piano and guitar, but I'm not really that... Well, at least in 2016, I, I didn't know how to really mix electronic music. Mm-hmm. So I've been learning that as I, as I go. So it kind of worked out, you know, the fact that you already had experience with piano and guitar, and now you have a guitar. So it's a perfect, perfect instrument yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, I, I combined, combined the two. <laughs> yeah. And um, walk me through your first experience with Synthwave before you started making music. There was this uh, game called, uh, what was it? Blood Dragon. Far Cry Blood Dragon. Yeah, for a Dragon, yes. Yeah, I think it was like 2014. And I've heard some of this retro stuff before, but the soundtrack of that game and all the a- aesthetics and everything in it was so, like, it was perfect for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I think Power Glove did the soundtrack. Yes. And I started to research all, all these artists and found Mitch Murder and Laserhawk, Droid Bishop, all those kind of OG, OG guys. <laughs> <laughs> all of them, I, I still love, love all of them. And then I found this video from, it, it was made of Laserhawk's track, King of the Streets. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the first uploads on New Retrowave, at least in the first 40 or something. And well, once I found that channel, then it was, <laughs> I think I, I listened to all of the tracks they had uh, on and started to do my own track. I was like, I will try it. I will send one on this channel. Amazing. It's such like an addiction Um, and I totally relate because, you know, for you it was Far Cry Blood Dragon and then me, I came a little bit later and it's kind of the opposite situation. I started playing uh, Monster Hunter World and I was like, you know, I like this, but I feel like something could go so much better with it. And then I was like, let me find the Far Cry Blood Dragon soundtrack and try and pair it together. And so I did. Um, and then I added, I started making a playlist to listen to while I was playing because uh, Spotify and the PlayStation have an integration system where you can listen to a playlist while you're playing. And so from there, I just got all these suggestions. So like the same thing, like Droid Bishop, um, Perturbator, like all of these amazing uh, synthwave artists. And I just made this, <laughs> I made this playlist and I, we talked about my cheesy playlist names and this one was yeah, called you, you sent me <laughs> i sent you a different one um i have okay. literally like maybe five separate synthwave dedicated playlists this one i named beast hunter mode like 
<laughs> I'm such a dork, I swear. But yeah, no, uh, video games are definitely like, it's like um, the gateway drug to Synthwave for me. Um, and it seems like for a lot of people. Because it like start... Yeah. yeah, go ahead. I think Synthwave is really close to gaming and the gamer community. It just, basically it's soundtrack music. It really is. And like, there's Twitch streamers that are dedicated to that, like uh, Dr. Uh, what's his name? You might know him. Yes, Dr. Disrespect. He, this whole, actually, like, he's kicked off actually, now. Yeah. So Yeah, I have two of my tracks on uh, his channel. That's awesome. That's yeah, so it awesome. was actually one of my goals. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> That's so cool that you have like these goals. <laughs> like Yeah. You know. Yeah, I've been following him. I, I like like his style. <laughs> he's, he's really entertaining. He is really entertaining. I was like, you know, I never really sat back and watched it. And then like I had just gotten finished with like a meeting the other week. And then I just sat back and started watching him whenever he would go on Fortnite and there would be kids <laughs> joining his chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those are the best ones. Yeah. <laughs> those are the best ones. Um, so who would you say influenced you the most musically? In this genre, I would say Mitch Murder. Yeah. I think especially the style I did in, on the first album, Magenta Nights, it's the kind of the classic Ultron, Mitch Murder, Phaserland, Laserhawk, well, all those OG guys, I think. <laughs> but um, I think I added my own kind of spin to it, like my strength is in melodies like leads and stuff because it comes from the guitar and piano right. i can't re i'm not an electronic music producer mm -hmm. uh, i have to learn that stuff on top of the chords and melodies and music theory which was the base where i i'm coming from nice. but yeah i felt closest to the mitch murder style of synthwave when i started yeah, and it's like um, when it comes to not only being influenced by like a particular artist, you found your own way and you found your own um, avenue into how you want it to sound like. Yeah, uh, I think that's if, if you're uh, a producer, that's super important that you at least after your initial release uh, find your own sound. Absolutely. Like you have to put in your influences. Like everyone has their unique set of influences and what they like, and you should just put it out there, one hundred percent, and not think think about is this popular or is this trendy now or anything. Because then you can find that following that likes uh, your sound, and they can't actually find that particular sound from anywhere else so if you just try to sound like say perturbator uh, then you you're just a you know poor man <laughs> a poser just say it yeah just, yeah. <laughs> just say it a poser yeah so, so you have to do your own thing yeah absolutely and um what struggles uh did you face coming up as a music artist and that you face right now? 
Yeah, well, as I mentioned, one one is that everyone has that struggle. Like I know super talented guys and girls who haven't released anything because they think their first release has to be perfect. And that's a very common pitfall. And it, then it happens that you just polish that one one release forever and mm-hmm. probably won't even release it. So one struggle is to get over that. Uh, I think it's an egoic thing. Like <laughs> you want it to be perfect and you only want to get good feedback or else you will feel like a failure or something. That's the first initial struggle. And after that comes that you start to compare your sound and mixes to, <laughs> well, say, uh, Mitch Murder, who sounds like amazing. His mixes are best in the, well, best in the genre, I think. So if you put it next to your mono, uh, mono <laughs> dragon, <laughs> that can be really impressive. But you just have to remember that in one or two years, your mix will sound way, uh, way, way better, better than your first one. Like I sometimes come back to that YouTube version of Mano a Mano because I remixed and remastered it multiple times before it uh, was released on the album. But New Retro Wave still has the, the first version. <laughs> You're like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, so if you want to hear really, really crappy, muddy, uh, narrow, uh, I don't know, <laughs> bolted mix, then go and uh, listen to that one. Right. And the, well, the struggles are endless. <laughs> we could spend all this. We could. We could. Minutes. Yeah. Because so, then there's the uh, social media and everyone can see your numbers. And some people go to that. Uh, thing where they compare their following and stream counts and all that stuff with others and it can get really really nasty for sure for sure the comparison game and the vanity metrics don't serve anybody yeah and um what would you say would be the struggles that um would you say typically social media right now uh, is there anything else that might be uh, like hindering your creativity or your normal flow, or is it actually increased because of the pandemic? Mm. Pandemic hasn't affected it at all, I think. That's good. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think so. Is I it about the same? Out. Yeah, it's it's the same. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. And only the live shows. Only live shows. Right, obviously. And like, you know, I um had some discussions lately about the virtualization of the concert experience and like where that could potentially go. Uh, the more that technology is advancing and like every day people are starting to like either come up with their own ideas of how to go around it. Um, and like pairing up or collaborating with others. And like, it makes me wonder how these concert halls are going to manage or what they're gonna do, because it's like, ideally you could have like a band show up, film it and live stream it, even at a concert hall. And 
I don't yeah, really yeah, see that, a lot of that. Yeah, <laughs> something like that has happened already. Yeah. Uh, we did in May uh, sort of a, well, it wasn't a venue or anything, but we it did this like sort of, uh, yeah, we did it uh, like it was this kind of an experience, like not just the live shows, because let's face it, it's not that not that exciting to perform or watch a performance when it's just through a yeah. <laughs> camera and the internet connection. So we added some scripts and characters and stuff in it. <laughs> With the Helsinki Synthesis people, uh, Millennium Falk and Lewinsky and Glowline. And yeah, I think the venues have to start innovating. They have to find <laughs> Come up with some new, maybe virtual reality or uh, augmented reality or stuff like that. Because yeah. they are going down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually like reached out to one and I don't know exactly where they were located. I think they just ended up somewhere on my feed. And I was like, hey, I'm going to like ask them a question. And I'm like, yeah, I was wondering if you wanted to talk about the future of... <laughs> your current yeah. situation <laughs> and I kind of felt like an asshole because <laughs> I'm just like hey how are you gonna stop like fucking around <laughs> like actually find like something different or something that you can do but I came about it in like a genuine way where it's like I really am curious about where this is going and I think a lot of other people are too so like innovation is happening faster than ever because of like pandemic stuff yeah maybe you could do something like you don't have to rent that huge venue that physical uh, physical uh, space you can just put up a green screen in a decent size yeah that way they're not losing money yeah something like that yeah exactly for independent artists to be able to just do that on their own yeah um And when it comes to friends, family, and relationships with other artists, who supported you the most throughout your journey? That's one thing I, I really loved about the synth wave uh, scene and the community, or synth fam, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that I, I I like connecting with people, like in a real way, like not just call up a bro <laughs> bro talk <laughs> yeah yeah because I, i want to like talk about things and connect so i've done a lot of that <laughs> like I, i think i've talked to everyone in the scene like there are so many people that have supported me and i try to support them and all the groups and different programs and channels and podcasts so it's hard to choose one but we did this artist artist collective uh, Helsinki Synth City. Just before the pandemic we managed to uh, have this Helsinki Synth Festival which was a huge success. There was well, obviously us, the Helsinki guys, mm-hmm. uh, Le- Levinsky, Malenium Falk, uh, Runaway Droid, Kizunaut. My memory is so bad, I hope that was everyone. You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and, uh, Nina and Robert Parker were the headliners so i i'd say that collective was uh, really important to get things going locally obviously it's now pretty slow with that one too because right. of the pandemic but yeah I, i can't name uh single individuals really 
I totally feel you on like connecting with people like on a genuine level. And I definitely feel that through the synth fam, you know, like everybody's super willing to talk about what they're doing. I will message Neon Knox or like Orax and I'm like, hey, what's up? How are you doing? It's like, hey, good. How are you? You know, and it's it's not just small talk, you know, I'll be like, what are you up to? Do you have something new or, you know, whatever. And I enjoyed writing reviews for them. And like the response that I got after writing the reviews are like, wow, it's so refreshing to have like an in-depth review. It's just so satisfying as a fan too, like to be able to connect with you and, you know, all these other people that don't have like a filter you know, you guys, you can just be yourself. And like most of the communities are, are independent artists and independent labels. Yeah. And, and we have to remember that like an artist of uh, my caliber or like a, a really small artist, really <laughs> like no one in the synthwave genre should think of themselves as some kind of a big star. Mm-hmm. And I'm like hundred times smaller than the biggest names, so it's not like I get fan mail every day or, or like I have to turn down uh, interviews or something. Yeah. So if uh, someone who likes my music sends me a message or even comments anything, actually anywhere, I usually find that <laughs> comment. And I reply, reply to it. So. <clears throat> I really like to engage with the because in the end I think that's that's the thing you will like remember from from all this it's not the view count on that YouTube video or like because numbers are really you start to kind of you get used to it to, to certain scale and you start to comparing yourself to the next uh, milestone like what if I had 50,000 listeners per month this guy has and you know uh so in the end it's 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 the one-on-one conversations and feedback yeah absolutely and um what has been your all-time favorite performance so far well it's the helsinki synth festival easily (laughs) it it was just a sold out venue and so many people there and it was just perfect. Everyone, everything went perfect. Well, there, there was one moment of horror in the. <laughs> yes, let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, because it was like Nina had, had just finished her sound check, and me and Millennium Falk were there. I didn't have the power connected on my laptop. <gasps> oh no. Well, it was connected, but uh, the power was on the other side. So. Okay. That causes some pretty uh, severe issues on the hardware. Uh. <laughs> like we were like, like, what's happening? Why, why it's not working? And well, the solution was pretty embarrassingly easy. <laughs> we were, uh, it, it wasn't fun. Like two hours before the event. Oh man! No. But other than that, it was so perfect. It's it's ridiculous. That's awesome. And at least the problem was a small, like, it was a small solution yeah, yeah. to, like, a seemingly big problem. Yeah, was exactly. It, was it the power button? You forget to charge it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and what does your ideal performance look, feel, and sound like? Well, 
there has to be real people in the audience. <laughs> it doesn't need to be a big crowd. Just the, if the people are into it, like engaged in the front, that's that's enough. And if I hear my guitar leads, <laughs> it's a plus. <laughs> it's a big plus. So. In my uh, first shows, I didn't use the in-air monitoring system. Mm-hmm. So depending on the venue, I <laughs> sometimes couldn't hear my leads that well. So it was interesting, but, but yeah, engaged audience. That's pretty much it. Because yeah. in the end, it's about the connection between the performer and the audience. Uh, and so ideally, would it be a big venue or a small venue? Like, do you have a preference? I don't have a preference for that. If it was way bigger, I would need to have other musicians on stage. Because, you know, synthwave performances are like, someone put it <laughs> harshly somewhere that it's a guy dad dancing around a lap. A <laughs> guy <laughs> Oh my god, no. Yeah, so, well, <laughs> Why well, is that so I accurate? Have, yeah, that, sometimes that's pretty accurate, I have to say. Uh, but if it's a b- bigger venue uh, and stage, then I would at least have a drummer, like uh, electric drum pads. Yeah. And uh, well, I've had vocalists, uh, Millennium Falk has been on stage every time we played Never Surrender. Mm-hmm. And I've always opened with that one, the set. So it really kind of dials in the energy you need. Like you're 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 not that dancing around. <laughs> the lap, lap, lap in the... I still have that in my head, and I'm like, oh. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I think it comes with the uh, the era of the '80s. That okay, generally or on average men already have families <laughs> so they're gonna be like dad and dad bod dancing around a laptop so yeah that is a thing I've, yeah yeah but when you're playing an instrument you kind of avoid that <laughs> that's beautiful. yeah for sure for sure and like i think it's so amazing like having a, an added element to the live experience like a drummer when i went to go see perturbator live he had a live drummer on on tour with him and it yeah. just really amplifies the experience on like a whole other level yeah actually he's he's the one i got that idea from when i yeah. when i saw him playing in a very big event in poland i think <laughs> i saw that the drum kit really brought something to the set it, it just brings the energy and more move, movement and everything. Really so if you're just one guy with the keys, you you kind of have to be <laughs> some guy. I mean, large. I mean, James Kent has so much energy live too. You know, yeah, he's, he's, he's very good. He's that, up that. there, his head banging. He's like in it. You know, you see him like actively. You know, you know, just moving with his own music and like amping up the crowd. And then the drummer is just doing his thing. And so, yeah. Yeah, actually, one, one more thing to the um, ideal yeah. uh, venue would be in this genre, you really need good lights and 
Preferably smoke. Pyro, pyrotechnics. <laughs> the pyro would be a bonus. I haven't had them yet. But, uh, the more you have like smoke and mirrors, you know. <laughs> yeah, just because, all of all of it. Yeah, if you had good lights and smoke, and you know the guitar lights are lit, and you have your Miami Vice uh, blazer and shades, <laughs> it's pretty okay from there. Like. Just don't fuck up the notes too badly. <laughs> right. <laughs> You'll be so yeah. loud aesthetically that nobody yeah, can yeah. notice. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Describe your process when it comes to producing music. Like, what are some absolute must-dos uh, mentally, physically, and emotionally? Well, like I mentioned before, you have to start doing it from the place of creating your own stuff like if whatever you feel that's in your head you should just do that and not go through some top 10 of uh, new retro way and pick all the <laughs> arpeggios and <laughs> bass lines from there because I think you, you will lose your drive to do it at some point mm-hmm. at least I, I need to be I, I need to feel that I'm creating something like honest stuff when I start to produce music. I actually, today I started a new track. I was trying, I was forcing myself to, because I bought a new guitar. Mm, yeah, I think <laughs> I, I saw that post. Yeah, I was forcing myself to add it mm. to one track and it just didn't fit there really. Mm-hmm. And it's a good example when you try to force something like from an external motivator or how, how should I put it? But anyway, then I, then I just said like, fuck it, I, I'll start a new track. And it, it felt so good. <laughs> like I could immediately, immediately do like a, the intro and the first minute or so. Nice. Because I just had this uh, chord progression in my mind. I, it, sometimes it just uh, goes from there like you're on autopilot mm-hmm. until there comes this uh, one decision point where you're like is my snare good or <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to talk to that one, <laughs> one but okay. I think with some experience I've learned that then you should just leave that as it is at that point and write the wave of the initial inspiration as far as you can like build the, at least the sort of a skeleton for the different parts. And here's a break and here's a drop and um, here's a lead. It's so much easier than to fill in the stuff afterwards, like after you sleep a night or two mm-hmm. versus uh, starting to mix that snare when you have eight seconds of music. That's a sure way to abandoned the track at some point and start a new one so yeah it's uh kind of funny because like i've definitely tried to dabble um i have like a keyboard and that's it and so whenever but i'm i would never be able to like do what you do because i'm so self-critical all the time (laughs) i'm just like i'll just (laughs) 
do like a you know some keys or whatever and then i'll i'll slip and i'll be like dang it and i just like i have tourettes basically when i try to do it myself (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i would never be able to do it so that's pretty amazing you know like just keep at it and like build onto it and have trust in the process you know yeah and you don't have to play it in perfectly the idea yeah. You can click. Uh, you can use your mouse afterwards <laughs> to make it perfect. So. Right. In regards to your collaborative pieces, what do you look for in another artist or vocalist that you're collaborating with? Like before you decide to officially work with them. Well, some of my collabs have stemmed from just having a chat with another a producer or vocalist. And we just, the chemistry is just so good that we are like, we have to, <laughs> we have to collab and it starts from there. But if I'm just looking for a vocalist, uh, I usually have a pretty clear idea what kind of a voice I need. And I just start looking for, and it can be really painful. <laughs> but uh, with Come Alive, where mm-hmm. I found the vocalist outside of the synthwave mm-hmm. sphere. I just, when I heard uh, her samples, I was it was like no-brainer from there. And I, I think it, the result is amazing. Yeah, that's the perfect example too. Come Alive has just like such a powerful feeling to it. it kind of surpasses everything, you know, when you hear her and... She... Yeah, and the, and the saxophone by... Oh, Ilves. yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's basically the track is like those two, mm-hmm. and I try not to ruin it. <laughs> but fortunately, I I didn't, and it's it's a solid solid track. I mean, more sex is always good. So yeah, it might be my favorite of of the tracks I've made for good reason. For good reason, and um. What other genres get your attention and admiration, and have you dabbled with any of them? Yeah, actually, the variety of music I listen to is really strange and wide. <laughs> like there's, there's black metal and anime music, mm-hmm. and smooth jazz and ambient, some progressive house music, uh, hip hop. I think I try to use all of those influences in my music. I think the stuff I listen to is pretty nerdy. <laughs> you have to sum it up. <laughs> like power metal, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of a European thing, like uh, Dragon Force and, you know, those high-pitched vocals and lyrics are about swords and dragons. And... But I, I like the melodies and harmonies usually in those. Yeah. And actually, you can find those same harmonies in game music, uh, especially Japanese gaming music. The best gaming music, <laughs> typically. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. What universal issues resonate with you that your music reflects or resolves? I would form it that way that um, having a music project that you're serious about. And if you have it long enough to go through all the ups and downs and mental challenges it brings, it's actually, uh, I think no one knows it when they start with the project, but 
you start to face a lot of your like own own issues and stuff when you when you work on the music and you have the lows and highs i would say i try to channel those things when i make music if i'm having some kind of uh, like anxiety or a strong emotion that i feel i need to get out in some way even though i don't make like aggressive and dark sounding music but i think it can get out with the saxophones and <laughs> It's like brooding Buchanan. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's therapy for me, and it's it's a it sounds a cliche, but it's a journey when you when you're long enough in a music project. Releasing one album is a big challenge. I have huge respect for everyone who's done that. But then releasing a second album, <laughs> it, it's somehow a lot more difficult. I took my sweet time with both of those albums, like two years per album. <laughs> Hopefully, the next one is faster. But um, well, that topic is really deep, like creating yeah. music and the universal issues and where does it come from? And yeah, it's a it's a deep question. It's one of my deeper questions. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and um, what is the best advice that you can give to aspiring music artists? Well, first and foremost, don't compare yourself to others. And don't compete with others. It's your thing. It's your journey, and it's what you have to say with your art. No one else can have exactly the same set of influences, strengths, flavors, and set of talents that one person has. So, if you want numbers like followers uh, stream counts and stuff those should be the result uh, the end result of not like how how could i get to these numbers what, what sounds and what style would i need to get to these numbers because you just can't get to those numbers <laughs> it's a losing battle yeah. from the beginning if you start yeah. competing with other people you know yeah because there's always the guy that you Actually, Spotify for artists has this uh, thing where you can compare yourself with other artists directly. Wow! Like, yeah, it's the service where our artists can see how many streams and followers and listeners he has in Spotify. So that's you really shouldn't use that <laughs> comparison at all. Yeah, that's like a feature that you shouldn't have. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because if I if I uh, type, for example, the midnight car <laughs> right. carpenter brood or something, mm -hmm. my graph becomes like <laughs> two pixels. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Like it's just so weird. Like how they would even implement that as a feature. Like, hey, you want to feel worse about yourself? We got you. Like, let's. Yeah, just... yeah. That's. That's kind of strange because I know people who watch those every day. What? Like Why? you'll just suddenly hear that he tells you that oh, you your streams got higher yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you compare our streams <laughs> daily or what? Right. So yeah, that that's poison because sometimes you your stream count can go really low if, for example, you lose your place on a playlist. <laughs> 
Like sometimes you may have a track on as the first track on a popular playlist, mm-hmm. and obviously your play count will rocket for a few weeks or something. Mm-hmm. And you should just be really objective about it. Like, what what is the reason for that? Because it can get depressing when you're you're progressing to the wrong direction, so to speak. And it's like that number is never going to be the same, like consistently. It's going to go up and down, yeah. you know? So like trying to find consistency in something that's not meant to be is like kind of beating a dead horse, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. And when you keep doing it for like two years or so, you can see the overall trend, the baseline go up like with all the ups and downs you can see that the baseline always goes higher it never drops like lower than what the baseline is so you should maybe if you want to look some for something in the graph you should look at that baseline what hobbies do you enjoy outside of being a guitar slinging synth star god i'm such a freaking nerd Well, this year I've gotten into some woo-woo stuff. Yes. So, so I'm, well, the normal hobbies are tennis, for example. I play tennis. I do the normal jogging and gym and that stuff. But this year I've gotten into uh, Wim Hof method, <laughs> which is basically, it sounds more woo-woo than it is. It's basically um, a breathing technique. It takes like 10 to 15 minutes and there's actual science and research on it. It's not uh, nothing to do with any religions uh, or anything. And you take cold showers or swimming cold water like I did today. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it's been really uh, beneficial for me to stay productive and deal with the stress with the day job. I'm a programmer uh, by day. And sometimes if you have a lot going on with your music projects and with your day job and perhaps something else in your life that you're dealing with, then things can get really rough. <laughs> they were pretty rough actually at the beginning of the year. So that's one reason I picked up all this. I tried different stuff and it's working, I think. That's good. That's good. No, I'm familiar with it. Um, ice baths and whatnot. And yeah. like, I think it's cryotherapy uh, clinics yeah, yeah. too, where like people will like go inside of a, a thing and feel like an ice cube for about 10 minutes. So, no, I get it. I get it. What do you feel you've uh, benefited from the most in practicing that? How does it make you feel after an ice bath? Like energized or you're like, why the fuck did I do this? <laughs> Well, for sure, it it's, it energizes you. It's like you. It's like drinking five espressos without the caffeine overload. I think the long term effect is that you 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 get to know your like breathing, and this sounds so cliche again, but you're getting more touch with your like body mind connection because you know how you react to that kind of a, sort of a extreme. Uh, physical sensation and you can deal with it repeatedly every day so i think it lowers your stress levels when you face something uh, like a tough spot in your work life or something for sure 
And uh, when it comes to the retro futuristic influence and aesthetic, what does 2070 look like to you? 2070, well, I have to be boring and <laughs> it probably looks like the game <clears throat> Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, how's that boring? Well, yeah, well, I'm waiting. Actually, one of my hobbies is gaming when yeah. I have time for it. Sometimes I just decide, like, I won't do any music for the next two weeks. I will play, just I game. will finish Witcher 3, which which I did. Nice. <laughs> July. And um, yeah, I, I'm a gamer and I will upgrade my gaming rig when they release the Cyberpunk game. And then it's, then I will be off, off radar for. <laughs> undetermined so. amount of time <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah i'm excited for that game too it's just like everything about it and it's been like oh my gosh the hype over it has been going on for years you know and now it's finally like on the cusp of actually being released yeah i think it's like seven years or something yeah insane and uh, what is your favorite retro movie and video game? Well, uh, in movies, it's, it has to be Ghost in the Shell, the original animation movie from yes. 95. That aesthetic is uh, definitely something that influences my music. Like there are cyborgs and maybe a bit of a Japanese flair to it. Mm -hmm. Not too much. I, you have to be careful <laughs> with that. Like yeah. you can't turn into a weeb uh, anime. <laughs> <laughs> so there are some pitfalls there. So, but yeah, if I had to name one, it's it's Ghost in the Shell. And for gaming, uh, there are not so many great ret retro futuristic games. But for Cyberpunk, I think the I can't pronounce it, but Deus X. Mm. It's for PC. Oh, okay. uh, it's a very nerdy series, uh, <laughs> but uh, definitely that one is uh, is my favorite cyberpunk game so far. Awesome. So it's D E U S E X. <laughs> I'll have to look into it for sure. Yeah. Which obscure indie artist is your favorite? And do you have any modern Billboard favorites? Well, I, I know some people hate the the, the weekend <laughs> in the scene. It, it's very <laughs> controversial. Anytime a uh, mainstream artist makes synthwave <laughs> for some reason, mm -hmm. but I, I like the, those, I like those tracks, like the saxophone, good, good vocals, all the good stuff, the sweet arpeggios. So definitely, I think it's 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 a good thing that we have those elements in the mainstream too. It makes this genre maybe a bit less nerdy and niche, like. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like it's important to have at least somebody is there representing, even yeah. though, even though maybe like he hasn't officially been like. These are my influences. There's a whole genre, by the way, yeah, called synthwave. You know, yeah, yeah, that would be actually one one cool thing that one of those artists actually like name dropped at least. Yes, some, that would some be of the awesome. names. Yeah, because it's it's basically the same synth sounds and everything. When when David Guetta made the pretty crappy <laughs> <laughs> track uh, this week I think or last week yeah. 
like most of the guys make better stuff than he did. At least he used actually his visual artist for the single cover art was from the synthwave scene. I can't remember the name. <laughs> that's okay. He's from the scene, so maybe that's a step to the right direction. Your favorite indie artist. So we named the weekend as like your top uh, modern artist. So what's maybe yeah. like a more obscure artist that not a lot of people know about that you really like? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're like what's some of them are pretty embarrassing. But... What? No, don't be embarrassed. <laughs> Well, it, well, I think most of them are actually from Synthwave. Like my recent favorite is one called Pilot. Oh yes, I love Pilot. Yes, Pilot yeah, so, did a collaboration with Sunset Neon that was really good. Yeah, I, I heard his. I think latest single, The Return, is the track. I'm thinking it's it just uh, perfect production and sound choices, and he, he's really. He's really up there with uh, like Mitch Murder level stuff, I think. So I stole some of his, tra well, I bought his tracks to use as a reference for mixing. Nice. Especially, especially the low end. Like that track has one part where these are these short kind of stabs or short chords, where the low end is really juicy and really everything is perfectly in balance. So the only thing I might be doing better than Pilot on a very good day would be uh, impactful melodies and hooks. That's that's the thing I'm good at. But when I when I hear his stuff, I realize that I can't mix or produce. <laughs> You're like, damn it, damn you, yeah. Pilot. <laughs> yeah, like how, how does he do that? Yeah, he's he's impressive for sure. Yeah, and when you hear stuff that, like that, you have to just get inspired and motivated by it. What is your favorite quote? Like, what's a quote that you maybe visit when you really need it? Well, I, I was trying to pick something for, for this. Right? I don't know. I would say my favorite book these days mm. I just finished is... Uh, can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Uh, it, it's perfect for when you have to kind of pull yourself out of a rough patch. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it's full of great quotes, which I, of course, can't remember at all right That's now. That's okay. <laughs> but just Google, Google Can't Hurt Me, David Goggins quotes. I, yeah. I will... I can sign all of, all of those. So. Awesome. <laughs> and what book has dramatically impacted you? Would it be that one or would it, is there like another that you can think of? There was this one called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, which actually helped me to get over the trying to make everything perfect before releasing. Because it's all about, the book is about the resistance that you create yourself for not not creating and releasing art. So I recommend that one to everyone, every writer or producer or... Yeah, I'm going to um, need that cast. one. <laughs> yeah, you could <laughs> benefit from too. For sure. You know, like writing, it just, uh, you know, I think we were talking earlier about how music is your outlet. And for me, it's writing. So like my fiction is super dark and like horrifying. I have these 
really freaky plot twists all the time. And that's me putting my darkness on paper is like the equivalent of you putting your, you know, that emotion and the brooding into your music. So it's been therapeutic for me too. Yeah, for sure. I think writing is pretty close to produce, producing music. Mm. And uh, well, in the end, I think um, when it, when you're uh, <laughs> when your life is over almost, and you think back and look at what you've done, I think no one regrets creating stuff and putting it out there. Sure. I, you won't be thinking the numbers and uh, your bank account or what have you right that's a legacy that goes with you you know even when you're gone yeah. so that's a piece of you that somebody's always gonna have yeah and that, that's that's kind of the my mission with this project I just mm-hmm. want to um, I want my music to impact people in a positive way it does Like I don't make the whiny, whiny stuff. Like <laughs> the whiny emo stuff. <laughs> there's a place for that. Uh, I listen to some of that stuff too, but I I couldn't make it now. Like I would feel, I don't know. <laughs> like if I have a problem, I'm already you know fucked up enough. <laughs> I don't want to like amplify it, you know. Right. Something that I really appreciate out of synthwave is the lyricless like instrumental pieces because you can place your own inner like emotional lyrics into it or you can make it the mood of your emotions basically um, as you're listening to it at least that's how I feel if I'm listening to something that's really heavy bass and like energetic that I take on that energy you know and it just feels right Yeah, I think synthwave. The one one of it, one part of it is that it's very sound soundtrack like. So you can create your own imaginary scenarios, and or you can have it as a background music when you you're facing, like you're working out or working on a project, or or you're fighting bad guys, or <laughs> yeah, in real life. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, maybe Carpenter Brute. <laughs> oh my god, Carpenter Brute would be like <laughs> Halloween gone wrong, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That would meet a very bloody end. Does your guitar have a name yet? It does, but uh, it's not public yet. <laughs> it's not public yet. Okay. Fair I enough. We have have him here uh, with me. Sweet. So. I'm all like, oh, like it's a pet. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he's uh, sleeping. He's, <laughs> he's sleeping. I just he's down for his nap. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what artist would you love to work with collaboratively? Like, who would you want to open for at a concert? Yeah, I, I'm really bad in asking like bigger artists to work with me. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I've actually never asked a bigger artist to collab. Maybe that's a Finnish thing. Like, <laughs> like don't, don't mind me. <laughs> well, if you did, let's say one day you were feeling real brave and you decided to contact <laughs> well, somebody who well, would be. There's one that we've already agreed 
like yeah we definitely will <clears throat> will collab and that's a phaser land mm-hmm. from detroit like he's one of the first guys i heard and his style is pretty close to the mitch murder laser laser hawk and that era even though his sound has evolved too with his new albums but we mm-hmm. both been like yeah let's collab so he's agreed on already awesome <laughs> Then you'll have to ask Mitch Murder whenever live concerts are going on again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he, he's kind of a her- hermit; like he doesn't play live shows. Oh, okay, man. Maybe he will someday. I don't know. Yeah, If maybe. Does, I will go and see him because he's one of the one of the OGs. For sure. Let me just check the comments really quick. Um, let's see if we have some questions that we can ask. Does anybody else have a question? Feel free to put it in the comments below for me. Um, I, I do see one here, uh, and it says, "Ace, will you learn saxophone?" Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've been thinking of that actually. If I learn another instrument, it would be saxophone for sure. I regret not not picking it up like earlier because it, I think the most expressive lead instruments are guitar and saxophone. But some people hate saxophone. What? By the way. That's so yeah, hard some people. To yeah. yeah, when when Come Alive came, came out, some people are like, yeah, it's pretty good, but I can't stand saxophone. <laughs> well, you suck at life. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> you fail. You fail. <laughs> This is oh, why you well, don't make music. <laughs> yeah, well, everyone has their their tastes. So I know. I'm just okay. kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just a bully. Yeah. Any chance of you performing in the USA? Justin is asking, and the first question was Kristen. Uh, yeah, I would love to play in the US, but I don't think uh, Trump has made it next to impossible for indie artists to perform legally. <laughs> in the US. I looked into it and it's really, really hard. Wow. If I find some loopholes to do it or something magical happens, then I would really love that. Yes. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Um, you know, maybe just wait until November. We'll see who gets real, who gets elected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That might have to Yeah. <laughs> um, Someone had the same question. It was Michael. He said, "Would you ever tour the USA? Maybe like where would you go? Like where? What would be the ideal location for a, a US tour? You can name multiple, not just one." Well, I have to say Miami would be pretty synth wave. Yes, I think it's the capital in the. I used to live there. Really? Yeah. Um, you know. I love it aesthetically. Um, everybody's very much uh, you. Wherever you go, you have to look sexy. Doesn't matter where you're going. Literally, there was one night where me and my husband went to Denny's, and it was really late at night, and everybody looked like they just came from a club, like a nightclub. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck is this? Yeah. This is like my first time, like my first time uh, in Miami." Um, so yeah, everybody there is all about like you know the aesthetics of like themselves and some of them are a little bit like center of the universe but everybody has like 
there's like a no filter kind of culture there. I actually visited Miami once. Yeah? How was your experience? Yeah. Uh, pre- uh, well, pretty good, but I agree there is definitely the side of the superficial side of yes. it. Like I, I didn't even try to get into the clubs. <laughs> like it seemed like a impossible process. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't know if I want to deal with you yeah. guys at the nightclub. Yeah. I'm seeing how you act outside of the nightclub. <laughs> yeah, Not like sure I if I want to know. <laughs> yeah, I just get drunk at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to people, you know. It nice. was fun too. Like nice. there are some real people as well. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, let's see. Let's see if we can get one more. What's your favorite track that you've ever made? That comes from Michael. Is it Michael Shadow? Yes, it's Michael Shadow. Yeah, cool. Yeah, he's backing me up. <laughs> so there's at least one one person. No, there's um, <laughs> there's a couple others. <laughs> okay, I can see it. Um, I have to say, come alive. Like definitely not Bounce of Steel. <laughs> really? It's, it's, it's the most popular track, but you know. Bounce of Steel is <laughs> really energetic. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a good tra- track, but yeah, I, I don't think it's it's the best. Which one? Wh- is that the one you would say is maybe your least favorite? Do you have a least favorite? No, actually, I don't hate any of my tracks because well, I. Of course, because it's yours. It's your child. Yeah, and one reason I don't release that often is that I have to love the track before I put it out there. Like, yes. I don't release fillers. Like, it, it would be easy to put out an EP with five fillers and one good, good track or something. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I just don't want... Uh, I don't like the idea of music being out there that I don't really resonate with like like I would get... have to don't listen to that <laughs> you ever get that feeling when you like maybe you don't have to answer this question but like do you ever get that feeling whenever you hear somebody else's it's like what is this what is this <laughs> you know well yeah well sometimes I've talked to a producer that has said uh, that well I just put out this EP with sort of uh, B-sides you know Mm-hmm. Then I advised him that don't do it. <laughs> right. You will regret it because it feels good to release music. Like you'll get the feedback and the hype and the buzz, you know. Right. And you can get kind of hooked to it. Like when you release an album and it gets good feedback, you're like, well, let's do another one, like quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need my fix of uh, <laughs> dopamine. Dopamine and you know validation and yeah. that's actually one pitfall you can get lost in is the validation. Right, for sure. Uh, let's see if we can find us. <laughs> Justin says Buns of Steel is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, it, it's okay that. It's <laughs> that's okay. That could be your favorite. <laughs> uh, I, I will play it in uh, every show. I'm I'm pretty sure. Like I usually end end with Buns of Steel. Nice, nice. Um, Does it give a nice touch to the or or actually Mass of Steel or Breakout? Both good tracks. The break, breakout intro is good for switching off your guitar and 
Just letting the oh, laptop take over. Yeah, then no, I just don't Then your dad me. dancing around your laptop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't mind me, I'm just folding up my laptop here, so it's over now. You just stretch and you press play. Um, so my husband is here representing. He says, is there another genre that you would want to work on or work like, I don't know, maybe release? Yeah, yeah, that's a good topic because um, during the last year or so, I've been, I don't want to do only synthwave forever. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a bad thing to be labeled on one genre. Like when the, when, when synthwave would go down, you would go down with it, you know? Ah, uh, right. So, so I think I have some tracks that have elements of I think cyberpunk is sort of, sort of its own genre. Like it started from synthwave, but mm-hmm. I think cyberpunk punk could be its own thing. So I'm, I'm re- my next release is all about that. I'm excited. I, yeah, I've released two singles: the Defy the Seekers and Cyberloop. Those are a bit more of that harsh cyberpunk sound but of course i will keep my basic influences and elements there so you 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 recognize it's facebook canon track so maybe that's the thing that i want to keep that it's my sound that you can recognize it but i feel i could make any any genre like power metal or mm-hmm. well never surrender is kind of rock in a way aor so yeah, I, I'm I'm open for any any. There might be even rap coming. Really? Coming. Uh, yeah, with Mark Cooper, we've been talking. So that sounds yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, actually, he released a really cool track uh, a few days ago of Cobra Kai, the TV series. Yes, love Cobra Kai. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it has guitars by Runaway Droid, Runaway Droid, another Finnish dude. Mm-hmm. So go check out Mark Cooper, Cobra Kai. I will, for sure. And I think his artist name is Player One, so maybe you can Player find One. It. Yeah. Awesome. It's really good, really solid. Sweet. I forgot the question, though. But no, no, I'll, you're good. I'll just, yeah. Derailing is is recommended. We're good. Yeah. We're good. Um, and what are you currently working on? Well, too many things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I said yes to too many things when I had more time mm-hmm. in my summer holidays. And now I'm in trouble with all of those. <laughs> and one of them was the track that I that tried to force guitar on it, which I kind of put it on the back burner for now and started to make more cyberpunk tracks for the next EP or album. I think it will be an album in the end. <laughs> like, you know, when you have finished five tracks, you're like, why wouldn't I make three right. more tracks and albums? So. Right. Actually, the uh, artwork is already done. It's, it's again the same guy atom cyber the french dude mm-hmm. and this time it's really well it's every time i i love his work uh but this time it's like really 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 cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
COVID, but I have to make the music first. So, well, like I love your album artwork, and it's so uh, you know reminiscent of the Ghost in the Shell aesthetic, you know. And yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. It, it has like elements of that, and but it also looks like Atom Cyber, like the French touch on it. <laughs> and I think it fits the music too. Like it has this. Uh, Ghost in the Shell uh, influences, but also this European strange mix of things. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, so we're nearing the end. Um, the last question would be, what is one thing you would say to your audience and fan base? Hmm. Or at least to the people watching this stream, because there's like 10 people. To my audience, well... There are so many things I would like to tell them. Of, um, I think I would go with a positive message that I try to bring with my music. To me personally, it's the best thing if you use my music to fuel something you are trying to achieve in life, like your own project or trying to work out or better yourself. And if you use my music as the soundtrack, that's the best best thing for me. That's why I make this stuff. That's a good message. Very positive. Um, so I just want to thank everybody for watching the stream, asking our questions, and interacting with us here. And well, that concludes this Q and A. Thank you so much, Ace, uh, for being here. Thank you. And for ask, uh, you know, answering the deep questions, I'm so glad we were able to to do this together, and we'll have to do this again. Yeah, like first I had some notes, but when this started, I just threw the notes away. <laughs> You're just like whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah, good. We, 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 better, yeah. we got the authenticity out, so we're good. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> awesome. Actually, I, I like this one because, yeah. I like to talk about creation and the struggles and that kind of stuff more deeply. So when you have that podcast, you can invite me there, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. I will invite you to the podcast. And Great. I think it's such a missing element. You know, fans more than ever want to know more and more about what their artists are doing and what they're thinking. So I am glad to provide that. And you have some artists lined up for next episode you have a question for me <laughs> okay. yeah okay uh so i reached out to ghost and so i might actually be having him on very soon um Great. waiting for just like an email back in regards to setting up a perfect day for next week so we'll see <laughs> i'm excited though i have some interesting questions for him too it's like a completely different <laughs> vibe so yeah, your questions are great. So just keep at it. I will. I will. Thank you. Thank you for that. That dopamine yeah, and yeah. validation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah from those. <laughs> That's the main thing for every producer. <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, thank you again and take care and uh, stay, stay cool, stay fresh. <laughs> All right. My pleasure. And it was great. So see you on your podcast. Yes. All right. Take care. All right, bye. Bye.